this podcast is totally different than all you've seen in the past. Do you know how crypto works and how it can be best used in the business world? That's what we're going to find out today. This is the Swarm Unplugged podcast, where we get to know the Beat Social community and encourage others to join us. With hundreds in the community, we want to get to know all of you better. From the newbie to the expert to the project partners, we will be learning who they are and how they can best benefit from Bees Social. I'm Christopher Knight, so let's get started. And a great big welcome to this episode of The Swarm Unplugged. You know, we always uh, are bringing on guests uh, that uh, certainly are inspiring in some ways. But today, I think you're going to find a little different tone to the person we have on today. Uh, this particular gentleman has been working with uh, blockchain. It originally started around 2014 when blockchain was just the uh, twinkle in somebody's eye in a way. But uh, over those years, he has developed a number of things that uh, have helped businesses. And now he has a product stack that is amazing. And uh, we're going to let him talk a little bit about that, but we're mainly going to focus on the crypto in the business world. And I think you're going to find that extremely interesting. And the least interesting part of this show is uh, my introduction of my co-host, um, I just, uh, I hesitate to do it because it takes away from everything else that the show's about. But our co-host today, uh, as always, is Tony Kay. You know, this is when I wish my mother was around to support me. Or Rick, either one. Rick, Rick, you know, yeah. our technical mm -hmm. wizard in the background, he's always there to support me. And, you know, mm -hmm. every time I get off, of, off one of these podcasts with you, Chris, you know, I'm excited yeah. about cryptocurrency. I'm excited about everything there is, except for yeah. I always need counseling. Now, I don't know whether you should be getting a bill for all my counseling sessions, but somebody needs to pay well, for this. I, I, I mean, understand it's, there's it's just a, not there's right. an app. There's an app you can use. Uh, I'll be happy to send you, uh, you know, the app uh, address. You know, people that you can hmm. get instant medical counseling from. <laughs> Uh, right online. You don't have to leave your uh, your grand piano or your uh, yacht or anything else. You just you can just contact them right there on the phone. See, you just don't miss an opportunity to pull me down and see. This is what I'm talking about. This is why yeah. I need so much counseling. My I need to be lifted up. Yeah. yeah. Where's my Where's my mother when I need her? She's she, right. She's listening to this. She's going to hear this later. You know that, right? Right. Well, then. The, the, that she's the only one I fear. It's certainly not you. So I, I do fear your mother. Uh, she yeah, will she will cuss, uh, cuss me out in cuss me out in Spanish, and that'll be something I can't yeah. handle at all. Um, uh, unfortunately, so, she's the only one that's on my side. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Okay, yeah. you know, but somebody else that will be on your side after he gets to know you a little bit is our guest today. Uh, Apo is our guest and a very intelligent. Uh, and I, I call it a young man because I'm old, everybody else, right? Apu, no. Agaboom, Agbamu, Agbamu. We worked on this yesterday, Apo, and I'm sorry. Uh, so with that, let's uh, bring Apo in before I mess it up anymore. 
Sorry, yeah. FO. <laughs> See, Tony, now I got to lean in on Chris, you know. Yeah, come on. Now. Here we go. Here we go. You're going to take it for Tony now? You're going to take it for Tony FO? Apo, I, I want you to don't, to do, whatever you do, don't hold back in any way, shape, or form. You don't got to worry Let about Let loose that. and good, good. You That's go sweet. for him. Because uh, as you can see, I, I'm the underdog here, right? So, you know. It's all good. We'll, we'll even out the playing field. Perfect. Oh, boy. Now I got two against one here. Actually, three. Just one is silent, and that's all it takes. Okay, that's all fine. You know, we are, Apo, you and I have uh, had a chance to visit on a number of occasions, and, and I have been so impressed with everything that you're working on and the experiences that you've had. Uh, let's just start out by learning a little bit about you and your early life. Let's start there. Sure. So, um, you know, again, Apoagbamu um, is the name. Uh, was born in New York um, in 92, uh, lived there for a few years, and then my family relocated to the Twin Cities here in uh, Minnesota. Uh, so grew up primarily um, in Minnesota. Um, and, you know, I've always been involved in sports, um, but, you know, growing up, I was always involved in finance as well. So my dad ran uh, a financial services company. So I was always exposed to it at an early age. So started, um, you know, investing and trading around the age of 14, um, you know, went to high school, obviously, um, and then went to University of Minnesota Duluth, um, double majored in accounting and economics there with a minor and financial markets. Um, so again, kind of following that path that I started, you know, uh, in my early teens, um, ran or was the student director of the the uh, the student-run hedge fund there. Um, held a number of internships and things of that nature. Left there, um, started taking the CFA level one uh, my last semester of college. So you know, I got lucky and I ended up passing, you know, the three simultaneously. Um, and ended up working at Bank of America's private bank for two years um, where I supported, uh, you know, a guy named Mike Wright. He's the former CIO of Travelers Company. So help him co-manage about two billion um, in assets for high net worth individuals um, and institutions. And then, you know, jump ship in 2018, uh, uh, March 2018, and have been, uh, you know, working on my ventures full time since then. Well, that, uh, that's a pretty impressive resume right there. I don't know if I, I, got, I got even close to $2 billion, what I would do, I would probably freeze up immediately and just uh, not uh, not make any decisions so nobody lost any money. But as soon as you do that, right, you don't make any decisions, they will lose money anyway, right? Uh, oh, yeah, you know, we're not in the business to lose money, that's for sure. <laughs> and then, you know, you've used all that knowledge, and right now you have a company and again, I mentioned in the intro that you have a, quite a large uh, uh, product stack, if you will, uh, in that. And you're working on some of the final the uh, final ones to wrap it up. You want to tell us a little bit about your company and, and what it does? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, so the company's Arvo Technologies. You know, I actually have three startups, but this one primarily um, and another one, uh, Arvo Trading Systems, are focused on using blockchain solutions. Um, to streamline various activity blockchain solutions in conjunction <laughs> with uh, uh, <laughs> blockchain solutions in conjunction with artificial intelligence, facial biometrics. I want to break free. 
I don't know. We'll try to keep, let you talk here, uh, Apo, before we show in the background. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, now, where were you exactly? Uh, no, we we're talking about you know Arvo Technologies and you know the uh, what our solutions um, you know enable financial institutions to do. So our primary product, and we've got about four or five products um, you know that are market ready at the moment. But our primary product is a product called Arvo Comply, um, and essentially what it does is it streamlines the identity management. So in identity management, you can think KYC. So know your customer, know your business, anti-money laundering. And then in the uh, document management component, we have file sharing, uh, e-signature, PDF editor, and document OCR. So enabling firms to manipulate documents in a variety of different ways and streamline the extraction of data from different documents um, and send those to different databases or extract or call it VR API. And then the last component or the third component, there's four pillars. The third pillar is transaction management, um, and that is for traditional and fiat assets. So we cover ETS, mutual funds, preferreds, um, corporates, agencies. Um, and then in terms of crypto, we cover 95% of the crypto market in real time. So what that enables people that use our platform to do is not only can they onboard their clients, um, but they can manage all of the document back and forth with those clients. And the unique thing about Arvo Comply is that we automate all of the reconciliation and audit trails. So each of these components, as they're happening, there's a smart contract tied to them that's saving this data or a hash of the data um, you know, on our chain. And then we store all of the sensitive information off chain so that we can comply with things like GDPR, et cetera. Um, but you've got the identity management, document management, transaction management. And then the last component I mentioned um, is a data retention component because a lot of the institutions that we work with have got to hold the data for two to seven years. So when you remove a lot of the cumbersome and error-prone processes, you know that are um, part of that onboarding process and streamline everything um, from onboarding throughout the client lifecycle. You know you create a solution that enables firms um, to be able to streamline their operations. You know it's a patented solution, so um, or patent pending solution. Excuse me. Um, so, you know, in terms of what we offer, you know, you have to go to about six or seven different vendors to get everything that we offer within Arvo Comply. Um, and then, as I mentioned, that's a main product, but we have derivative products that have been built off of that. Um, and, you know, some of those, you know, for instance, are uh, we've got a DeFi um, uh, credit rating product that's coming out um, that uses both. Um, on-chain and off-chain data in conjunction with traditional credit ratings, et cetera. And it enables, um, you know, financial institutions, for example, to be able to take into account someone's crypto assets when you're looking at their total financial picture, right? Because you've really got... Let me, let me stop you there because that is of interest to many people right now. Can you go into a little bit more detail on that specific area? Sure. Uh, I can talk about it in, you know, general terms. Um, so essentially what the product does is that, you know, it enables financial institutions to be able to take into account assets that are off chain. So if you look at it, you know, 33% of Americans have exposure to cryptocurrencies, right? But at the present moment, those assets aren't being taken into consideration by the traditional financial system when you're looking at, um, you know, how overall, what's the actual credit risk of this person, right? If I've got 
three million in you know uh, Bitcoin sitting in a wallet, right? Um, that is liquid, and it should be taken into account. Um, you know, when you're looking at my overall risk profile from a lending perspective. So ARFO CRA um, is, you know, helping bridge the gap there because we take into account, for instance, what a person will have in their traditional account, what their traditional credit score is, what their crypto assets are. And then we have an algorithm that we use to give them a risk score that takes all of those things into consideration. So it can not only be used by traditional financial institutions that are trying to get a better idea of the financial picture of their clients, but it can also be used by, you know, different DeFi protocols, um, you know, who ultimately I believe will have to move to some type of permission space, you know, to, to be able to survive, you know, the regulatory regime going forward. Tony, wow. I know you're interested in this. So go ahead uh, with your questions. You know, Apo, that is really, really uh, uh, wonderful to hear that there is some people that are helping uh, people that are in this situation of being able to uh, recognize their 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 real time, money, efforts, and and assets uh, that should be obviously recognized. Uh, I can personally speak to. Uh, one of the largest um, uh, lenders in our in our area, uh, they they wouldn't recognize my assets personally um, in crypto, and they absolutely just completely subsided it. And this is one of the largest uh, lenders in in this category. We're in the boating end. One of the one of the businesses I'm I'm uh, blessed to be involved with is uh, is building boats. And I got to tell you, it was really frustrating. So what you're doing here is is not just uh, an incredible uh, opportunity for people like myself and and so many of us that are in this space and nowhere. I mean, you've been in this space for seven years, but um, you know it's it, it's 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 an incredible uh, thing that you're doing, and I'm so uh, looking forward to learning more and and speaking to you on more about that. What I'd like to ask you. Yep. Is I, I want I want to talk about Duluth and Minnesota, but we'll come back to that. But what I want to ask you is, you got involved with this in 2014. That was seven years ago. Absolutely, you are you're, you're not that old, so obviously you yep. have been exposed to this and just submerged yourself in this. What on earth gravitated you to to to, be honest, to bring you where you are? To be honest, it was kind of a, I got lucky. Um, so as I mentioned, when I was at UMD, so this would have been my senior year um, of college in 2014, um, I had a buddy of mine who was in the financial markets program with me. So he was one of the students. He managed the tech sector. I managed the healthcare sector. So we sat relatively close to each other. He actually works at the Chicago Fed now. But essentially, he came up to me because, again, you know, being one of the student directors in the program, me and him generated or, uh, you know, had a really good relationship. He came up to me and said, dude, have you heard about Bitcoin before? Um, and at that point in time, you know, I hadn't heard about it at all. And as soon as I started learning about it, you know, that was basically it. Um, you know, so I started taking different Udemy courses, um, you know, uh, on blockchain, um, on Bitcoin, on uh, Ethereum and Solidity really just trying to understand, um, you know, what was going on. Because again, you know, me personally, I'm more of an investor than a speculator. So I actually didn't end up buying crypto for three to four years after the fact, right? Because at that point in time, I don't think anyone, I mean, I'm sure there are people that did think that, but 
I didn't, not many people thought it would become what it's become in all of the derivatives that have been built off of it, Ethereum and everything that came with that. So in 2014, there was no, you know, there was no ICOs, there was no Ethereum. So it was very much basically Bitcoin. Um, so that's how I got into it. It was just, you know, I happened to know a guy who was, you know, already owning and buying Bitcoin, you know, at the time. And, you know, he knew that, you know, that's something that would interest me. And then, you know, the rest is history. Wow. Well, the, that, uh, following that up with this question, I know you're, since you're on the blockchain, uh, mm-hmm. first of all, what blockchain are you using? Or, or I think you said something about compound uh, blockchains or something. Would you clarify that for me? Sure. So, you know, we use uh, an Ethereum virtual machine based blockchain. So we have a private consortium network that we built, um, you know, and that we've kind of fine tuned to our use case. Um, for regulated or to be regulated, right? Crypto ones are coming in, but um, institutions. So it's really a, a compliant type of network. It's a consortium network, uh, much more scalable than Ethereum. Um, now, obviously, Ethereum's a decentralized public network, so it's going to take longer to reach consensus. So I'm not, we're not arguing decentralization here, but what we're really, um, you know, what we're, what we've got, um, you know, can handle approximately you know, between 8,000 and 10,000 transactions per second confirms transactions um, in milliseconds. Um, And essentially it's scalable. So it enables the participants of our network to be able to use our network, you know, in a way that can support, um, you know, the robust nature of their businesses. So, you know, our network, what we offer couldn't work on a network like Ethereum um, because there's just too many transactions going on. It could work, but it would clog up the network. Right. Um, You know, now, obviously, there's things that are going on with Ethereum, like the beacon, um, you know, the beacon uh, chain and things of that nature that are trying to adjust that. And then you've got layer twos like Polygon, et cetera. But, you know, ultimately, you know, we've almost built our own layer two, but it's not, you know, interacts with Ethereum in certain ways, but it it is consortium and permissioned in nature. If I were to trade on your blockchain, uh, what kind of fees would I have? Uh, our blockchain doesn't charge fees. There is no gas, um, you know, tied to it. Now we charge for the different right. services, but they're subscriptions. So, you know, um, so from, you know, one of the benefits of, you know, the, the, the protocol that we're working with, um, you know, is the fact that there isn't gas in, you know, the traditional nature of public blockchains. Wow. That, uh, that opens up a whole different, uh, you know, aspect of the one thing to mention too is that it's very our blockchain is eco-friendly so you know it doesn't mint blocks if there's no transactions like a lot of blockchains they're ghost chains right they mint blocks every 10 minutes or 15 minutes no matter whether they're full or empty or whatever it may be our blockchain will only mint blocks when there's actually transactions you know ready to be um you know stored on the blockchain so what kind of computing power and stuff do you need for that in terms place. of computing power, I mean, you know, we're running, um, you know, we're running, I think we're running seven nodes right now. So, you know, right now, again, we're, it's a test network. So everything's ready to go, but we're really testing it. Um, and we plan on rolling out, you know, um, you know, the consortium offering, um, you know, to, to counterparties within the next, you know, four or five weeks. So, you know, as I mentioned, of the four pillars, you've got the identity management, the document management, transaction management. This is really data management and retention. 
Um, because again, a lot of institutions have to hold their data in a write once, read many format. So, you know, having a blockchain backend or, you know, overlay, if you will, that stores all of this information automatically enables them to do that. And, you know, as an organization, you know, data security um, and management are important to us. So, you know, we're already, you know, we, we start our audit process for ISO, you know, in a couple of weeks um, and also GDPR, you know, and same thing with CCPA. So, you know, people, and also this is a key point that I wanna make is that one thing about us is that since we offer all of these solutions in one offering, and we're also, again, going to be when we're operational or operationally will be compliant from ISOs and things of that nature standpoint, by the end of the quarter, for sure, audit process will be finished. Um, you know, essentially what that enables firms to know is that this one provider handles our data this way, right? When you've got to go to six, seven different providers for these solutions, you got to each provider is handling your data a different way, right? Um, so, you know, it enables in our target markets, you know, um, it can primarily SMEs, but, you know, um, you know, larger institutions can definitely also benefit from it. Wow. It's um, absolutely uh, fascinating uh, that you're taking on every different aspect of it. I guess when you say that uh, you're going to make obviously your return on your fees so i'm assuming that you've got some kind of uh platform uh that you're hoping to release to be able to have you know these different fees identified or or so that somebody can understand uh what they're looking for or are you looking for a service that encumbers everything and you how how do your how does your fee structure well, the work? Platform's already, the platform's fully built out, so it's a cloud-based service, right? So the KYC, AML, KYB, document management, e-signature, PDF editor, file sharing, and then the transaction management. Admins that use our platform get you know eight-page dashboard um, that's very very dynamic. Um, each of these modules are in there. It also has you know. Microsoft Outlook and Gmail, uh, you know, integrations on the calendar and mail side. So people never have to leave the platform um, when they're communicating with their clients. So we actually have APIs and offer the service, you know, on a subscription base. The blockchain network, it almost doesn't exist to the average user. Um, be, well, it's something that isn't seen. And again, you know, I think those are the implementations that work the best. They get the benefits. They don't really want to understand, you know, what's going on, right? Most people don't understand yeah. the difference between HTTP and HTTPS, and they use the internet every day, right? So a lot of the times, um, so what we offer is we offer our blockchain as a backend, and then as these users are onboarded, right, a KYC smart contract is saved on the blockchain with their information so that that period of that person being onboarded can be timestamped, right? Same thing with documents, right? When an email is sent, you know, you can get the geolocation device and information tied to that person and uh, save a hash of that on the blockchain tied to the document, right? When you get a transaction that comes in, you can also have a hash of that. And I also forgot to mention two key components of the transaction management component. We also handle suspicious activity reporting. So, you know, a big issue that firms have is that is filing their suspicious activity reports with FinCEN. So we have, we, we're, a, um, you know, a, a, a e, a FinCEN e-filing member. So we file, we can file on behalf of our clients. So we streamline mm -hmm. that component as well. So if there's a transaction, for instance, that's over a certain value, those are automatic, right? So they get aggregated in your SARS dashboard. 
and then you basically will get alerts until you file it, right? Um, and then we also help firms comply with the travel rule. So this is more specific to crypto firms. So if you look at the Financial Action Task Force uh, most recent guidance, and this is why I said that DeFi protocols are going to have to play the KYC game, whether they like it or not, if they want to be sustainable, is that one is that there was a big, they're saying that, you know, the operators of these DeFi systems are responsible for KYC. That's one. Um, but two, if you look at the travel rule that passed and is now being, you know, forced to be implemented across exchanges, a lot of firms still are compliant. It's about sharing the information of transacting across different exchanges, right? And I think the value is like $1,000, right? So you have to send a verified identity of that person to another firm and the value and details of the transaction. We automate all of that, right? So a firm that uses our solution has everything across that they need. And that's why it was built like that, right? If you look at a lot of the solutions out there, for instance, in the you know KYC component, you might have to use Comply Advantage for AML or on Fido for KYC, right? And then, you know, for e-signature, you might have to use DocuSign. You might have to use Adobe for PDF. You might have to use chain analysis for transaction monitoring on the blockchain and XYZ. So again, we offer, um, you know, a holistic solution that enables firms to hit all of those different components of compliance. And then the blockchain is just kind of an additional benefit, right? The data retention and storage component. Apple, I want to I want to focus back a little bit in uh, in the crypto area. If yep. I were a company and I came to you and I said I'd like to introduce crypto into my business uh, operation, uh, what what would you do to help me as a business to accomplish that without uh, stumbling all over myself, so to speak? Um, you know, it'd be important to understand what your objectives were would be with the crypto. Um, you know, because Usually, you know, the way that I see most businesses probably applying it going forward is as some type of reward mechanism to build loyalty for their clients, right? So if you think about frequent flyer miles, cash back, those are just forms of rewards for using a service. But what companies will have the ability to do with crypto is that one, they can offer something that can fluctuate in value, right? If I get a fixed amount of frequent flyer miles, they don't change and I can only use it with one airline. Right. Where in the future, I believe that more companies will offer crypto digital rewards to build, um, you know, loyalty among their customer base. And then those customers have the optionality to convert it into other cryptocurrencies, sell it or whatever it may be once their currencies or tokens get listed. So, you know, that's just one way that I think businesses will apply it. But, you know, um, you know, in your use case, I would probably need to know more. And, you know, I think that more companies will actually end up applying blockchain versus cryptocurrency. You know what I mean? Um, you know, but for those that apply crypto, I think it would be as a reward mechanism. You know, I, for I, I, I'm not sure I understand. You said uh, blockchain instead of crypto. Uh, dumb that down for me a little bit, Apple. So essentially, blockchain is like the base layer of the technology, right? Cryptocurrency is just a derivative of that or one form of using blockchain. So, you know, you could use blockchain and have no cryptocurrency involved at all. You know what I mean? Um, and again, a blockchain is just a ledger that saves information timestamped sequentially, right? That can't be altered. So if you want to think about it from like an accounting standpoint, um, you know, it would just be like a ledger like that. So it's just essentially a database, um, you know, that gives the data integrity, um, you know, and, and quality that, you know, some databases don't have because the data can be altered. 
Um, but cryptocurrency, that's why you'll see a lot of, for instance, a lot of blockchain projects will launch their currency before their blockchain is actually ready. Right. Um, so they'll list a cryptocurrency that can be traded. And then that cryptocurrency can be used as, uh, you know, a for instance, like I'll give you an example with Ethereum. Right. Ether is the gas. The cryptocurrency is the gas for the Ethereum blockchain itself. Right. They're two separate things. You know what I mean? Ethereum, the cryptocurrency and then the Ethereum blockchain. Now you pay for transactions on the Ethereum blockchain with Ether. So that's kind of the how I would separate the two is that blockchain is almost like the foundation. And then you have different things that can be created as a result of, you know, the blockchain. Wow. I've but, never uh, actually heard him explain that way before. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Tony. You've had other questions, I know. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've never heard it explained that way. And I thank you for that because uh, that was there's a lot of people that are like myself that are very much, uh, you know, torn apart with all the different explanations of how it is. And you just put it in such uh, eloquent format. So thank you, Apo, for that. I uh, really appreciate it. It was very, very well put. No problem at all. No problem. Uh, wow. I do have another question. Uh, for you, and I, I don't know. Oh. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm we sorry. Got, we got go a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of a lag. I want to. I want to not. I want to have time to be able to talk about Duluth, Minnesota. So you ask your question and then come back to me, okay, Chris? <laughs> okay. Um, the question is: We uh, are you at liberty to talk about uh, something you have coming up as far as a coin or token, or is that in, too far in the future? Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, our and see, and I guess this is kind of the difference in approach. You know, our cryptocurrency, Arvo Coin, has actually been on the Ethereum blockchain since 2018. Um, you know, but you know, everything that we've done since we started, you know, the two blockchain-focused businesses has been bootstrapped, right? So, an issue that a lot of cryptocurrencies run into, like the whole security versus utility thing, is that they use their currency to raise capital to build the platform right and it automatically becomes a security when you do that um so as a result of that you know i made the hard decision of not going forward with an ico when icos were kind of booming because you only have one chance right um and you know as a result of that you know we kind of were just like all right we'll bring it in house do all of our development which we've been focused on for the last three years and now we plan on launching you know our cryptocurrency because the development's done Right. So and we're also not doing, uh, you know, um, any type of ICO or IEO. We're just going to launch it. And again, we're trying to follow mm -hmm. all of the things necessary to make sure that we can pass the Howie test when that time comes. You know, so, for instance, you know, our coin will be held by, you know, a foundation and things of that nature. So all in all, you know, we do have a cryptocurrency which will be used to pay for our various, you know, products that we've got coming out. Um, and, you know, we do plan on, you know, moving forward, um, you know, with that within the next uh, couple of weeks here. We're actually actively, you know, talking to different, um, you know, agencies to work with in that regard. Wow. Great. What's your lease price? That is uh, the, what's your me? release number? What's your release number? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> <laughs> You, found, you had a chance to use that. I like it. Okay. Very good. All right, Tony, go ahead. 
All right. So Duluth, Minnesota. So I'm assuming that you live in Minnesota. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah. Twin Cities. All right. Well, my uh, oh, yeah. business partner lives in in uh, Minnesota. He lives in Minneapolis as well, and um, he's actually right now, as we speak, in uh, Superior, which you know is across the bridge from Duluth. I do. And and Duluth um, is where we actually have our interiors built, uh, right by the Cirrus. Uh, you know, the Cirrus aircraft people are right there. They're the ones that actually. The, the guys that do the interior for Cirrus Aircraft do our interiors as well. So real familiar. We're in the Fraser shipyards. You probably remember those huge ships that you come across oh, that yeah, bridge and you yeah. see that. They that's actually our factory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, so, uh, yeah. Luth was uh, – that was a fun time in my life. I can't lie. Um, you know, I did track in college in addition to, you know, the, the financial markets program. And it was funny because when I first came to Duluth, you'd see people wearing shorts and – 35 degree weather and you're like what the hell is wrong with this guy right and then you go through you go through your first winter there and you go through two months of negative 60 with wind chill and 35 degrees comes up and you start sweating because you're it's a heat wave a 95 degree you know switching <laughs> weather so it's uh yeah this is a fun place but you know you've got a you've got to have an appetite or at least be willing to bear the cold because it can yeah might my, my business partner tells me that all the time. In fact, he said to me this morning, he said, it's overcast and I'm so glad that it's <laughs> taken the, taken the chill off, you know, and of course, yeah. as you know, he's about what, three, three and a half hours north, I think of you right yeah. now, but, um, but he said it was just blistering hot where, where he is. Uh, and see, and uh, that's, no, that's the crazy part about it too, is that from the coldest point in Duluth to the hottest it can get, it's like a 160 degree swing. So in the summers, it's like a hundred degrees and you're like, all right, how is this even the same place? It's, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a great place to be for sure. Yeah. We, we've actually done boat testing where we've had to crack on, uh, you know, break up some of the, the ice because there's a river that we can get access to. There's a, there's a plant there that, that uh, releases hot water into the, the street. Otherwise there wouldn't be water as you know, but sometimes there'd be uh, one foot thick, uh, ice cubes coming along and of course where we do our testing uh you know it, it's absolutely crazy they as you know they have these ice breakers that come out so i think i'm in colorado and of course our winter is is nothing compared to where you are and you know it, it's i'll go up there and year round he's like you he's in shorts all the time and we're like oh, yeah. are you nuts and so <laughs> it's oh, yeah. acclimation for sure right no, it's uh, yeah, Duluth is yeah, I was done though. When I my four years were out, I was out, <laughs> you know, I was like, I've probably been up there maybe once or twice since then, you know, for wow. different events, but you know, it's kind of it's like the ideal college town, you know, yeah. definitely the ideal yeah. college town, yeah, for sure. You can't go outside, you just freeze to death, <laughs> so you got to stay inside and you might as well do studying. But in the summertime, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. It, is. it really, really is. Yeah. The beach there, uh, you know, to the beach you know, there. Uh, Apple, Apple likes to have fun. You know that, right? And we have an example of how much he likes to have fun right now. Oh, yeah. So 
Yeah, he had a. He, he obviously shaved his head for that one. No, that's the third one. You know, yeah, I knew he did, he yeah. Had, I, I'm not surprised actually. I heard him and uh, I heard him and Rick talking during the setup, so you know, I figured I heard they were trying to determine if it was two or three Darn. they wanted to do. So yeah, you, you heard him making the sausage. Now I got some other things to talk about, but I want I want you to uh, give me a, a a promise here. Uh, when you yep. are ready to release your coin, uh, oh. we'd like to have you on our show on the day Absolutely. you release as a kind of a second announcement, so to speak. Okay, and uh, to go out to even our network. So that, that'd be fantastic. We'd love to have you on to do that. Uh, and I think, uh, I think Tony's got some other things he's going to talk to you about. Uh, you are right now in uh, your particular program. And uh, that being said, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you better now. Okay. Uh, uh, you're finishing up the, the final development of your program. And I want everyone to know that's on the show, too, though, that they have a chance to get in literally on the ground floor, if you will, not the ground floor, but into a true investment uh, position. Like, let me give you about three or four minutes just quickly talk about that. Would you? Absolutely. Um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, we've been in development since 2018, um, you know, poured quite a significant amount of, you know, time and, uh, you know, uh, fiat capital into the business over the last three years to get our technology stack to where it is. Um, you know, the business has really great operating leverage because all of those systems that I mentioned are built and housed in-house. So we don't pay anyone for any services that we offer um, as a subscription. So what that enables us to do um, is not only offer all of those different solutions, but offer them in segments if needed like that, um, but offered at a you know more competitive price point um, than any competitor that's out there. Um, and then, you know, in terms of the business, you know, we're, we're raising capital at the moment um, uh, because again, with four to five products that are market ready, we need to start, um, you know, hiring sales individuals to sell these products. And then, you know, also start scaling other type of initiatives around marketing and sales. So, you know, any investor who's getting involved with us isn't essentially from a, you know, if you're looking at risk premiums, there's very little development risk, little to none, in my opinion, um, you know, uh, when you're you're looking at Arvo Technologies as an entity, because we've already done all the heavy lifting in terms of development. Um, and, you know, at this point in time, we're looking for, you know, smart capital um, who can help us, you know, uh, make the right introductions to businesses that can benefit from our product and then also, you know, provide capital, um, you know, to to us to help us drive our business. Now we've had investors come to us, um, you know, obviously between 2018 and now, but you know, the biggest thing is that, you know, one, um, we wanted to, a lot of them were like pick one, right? So focus on KYC AML or focus on document management or focus on transaction management. And it was really important, um, you know, again, cause I didn't believe that that would be a competitive solution because there's already people that do all of those, but offering it as one holistic solution um, you know, uh, is what I believe would be the best approach and, you know, ultimately put my own capital behind it, you know, to get the, the product to where it is now. Um, you know, so, you know, we're really looking for smart capital, 
um, you know, who's looking to get involved in. We're offering equity, um, a certain amount of equity. And then we also, obviously, as I mentioned, you know, have Arvo coin, um, you know, which will, which will power, you know, our network and, you know, the various products. Um, you know, not only that we have, but the ones that are slated. Um, you know, as a company, IP is very important to us. So a lot of our competitive advantage comes from the IP that we have. You know, I write the patents myself, at least from a provisional standpoint, um, so that the idea can be fully exhausted and you can talk about the different embodiments and et cetera. So, you know, very IP focused company. A lot of part of, I would say, probably 10 to 15 percent of what we're raising is just going to go to file patents. We've got a pipeline of patents of, I would say, if I'm being conservative, probably 30 patents um, wow. that we're ready to push forward. We've already filed a half dozen, um, you know, but again, you know, you've got to kind of do them in a methodical manner because you've only got one year from the provisional to when the utility's got to be filed to do that. And some of the stuff we want to file an international patent for simultaneously so we can get domestic and international protection. So it just makes sense to kind of house some of that stuff, but very technological, you know, or very, um, you know, uh, IP driven company, um, especially in a space like crypto, because a lot of the solutions that we are working on or that we're building, um, you know, don't exist in the market. So, you know, we believe that once these patents become utility patents, they're going to give us a moat, a technological moat that will enable, you know, the business to grow sustainably, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. I certainly understand what patents are all well, that, about, that's for sure, uh, so I can feel uh, your pain that, there. That, <laughs> well, ahead, I'm, I'm amazed that he writes his own. Now, that's that's very unusual. Yeah, no, I am. Um, really yeah, I've been writing my own patents for the last three years. It's kind of an acquired, I've always been a writer, um, so, you know, uh, you know, reading some solid books and my first patent actually got written by a patent attorney. So, you know, that one kind of give me, gave me an idea. And then once you start reading about, you know, the different, um, you know, the different claims and, you know, how to be as broad as possible. So for instance, in this embodiment of, you know, present invention, right. And another embodiment, another embodiment. And, you know, so essentially, you know, and in my opinion, it actually is one of the competitive advantages we have as a business, um, you know, is that, you know, from a financial perspective, I consider myself financially sound with accounting and economics background and also being a CFA, um, you know, but in terms of the technology is that, um, you know, I'm the one that's crafting a lot of um, not only, you know, am I able to write the pens. But when you're able to write the patents, it gives you an idea to protect the technology a lot better, in my opinion, than if you have a lawyer write it because a lawyer doesn't know your idea, right? So, you know, mm -hmm. what I'll usually do is I'll write the, the provisional patent myself, and then I'll have, when we're about to file the utility, I'll have a patent lawyer look at the claims, right? Because the claims are actually what matter from a patent perspective. The body is just gives you an idea so that you can say that, you know, you were speaking to this embodiment when you were referring to a specific claim, but when it's the time for the utility, it's really about the claims. So that's where I'll bring in an attorney to look at the claims and make sure that we're being as broad as possible there. But, you know, it's a really good exercise because it gives you the ability to really flush through not only your idea, but you've got to think about all the different ways that your competitors would try to build around your idea or take your idea. So, you know, that's where, um, you know, it becomes, you know, um, you know, almost like a, a war exercise because you really have to think about, you know, even if it's a use case, you know, for instance, like we're writing one of our pants, I use, you know, uh, blood 
as a form of biometric, you know, that can be used. Now, no one's ever going to give their blood, you know, to get onboarded into a bank, but it doesn't matter, right? I want to have my patents as, you know, as broad as possible, um, you know, to enable that we have protection under both conceivable scenarios and inconceivable ones. Because again, technology changes wow. a lot. Yeah. Epo, you are, you're truly an impressive business person and entrepreneur. Uh, uh, really unbelievable. Tony, you have any final questions as we come to the end of this podcast? You know, I haven't got a question. I've got a request, and that is that uh, we keep our uh, line of communication open because you're a wealth of information, and I'm really, really excited about uh, getting to know you more and, and knowing about what you're doing because this, uh, this is incredible. So thanks for coming on, and I look forward to having you on again for sure. Well, thank you, Tony. I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, I likewise, you know, I would, um, you know, look forward to yeah. Um, yeah. You know, having uh, future conversations as well. Um, and then obviously, thank you, Chris, for, you know, um, for having me on. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's been fun. Apo, thank you so much for being a guest today and and uh, all that you've offered us, because, again, it's uh, totally amazing. And of course, as Tony said, we, uh, and you and I both know we're going to be in contact with each other because we've discussed that already. But uh, it, it being uh, keeping that contact open and having you on the show when you're ready to uh, expose your coin, we are ready to Absolutely. put it out there with you and help you help you expose it to all kinds of areas. Thank you, Epo, for being on the show today. Very, very much, my friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you having me uh tony i don't know did we just unleash a uh, a qualified monster here huh? wow wow that's uh that's uh amazing wow what a what an incredible individual uh really looking forward to this uh thanks for thanks for uh, bringing him on chris that's, yeah, that was this, amazing uh, absolutely I, I don't, I think I, this, i'm lost for words well i think this is a uh, this will end up being a long-term relationship what do you think tony Absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I can already see your replacement. Apo is going to be replacing you sooner than I thought. But you know, <laughs> you know, he he probably could do a better job than I do. But well, I'll, you don't uh, want me to respond to that. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go it. We do, we need to do tryouts or something, right? So you know, just uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, you know, it, uh, he can at least speak the English language, and that's what I was looking for in a co-host. Since uh, you're uh, you're not quite speaking English, so be careful yeah, about your sorry. position as well. I'm looking for yeah, an English-speaking right. person. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, Tony. <laughs> anyway, Tony, thank you so much. You Thanks. know I appreciate you and love you. So uh, let's rock on and wrap up today's episode. This is uh, this has been fun and informative, probably if you will. And you're watching this on the replay or live. Look at it carefully because you're hearing things here that you need to know about in either your business, somebody else's business, or how they're approaching a crypto or their own company protection throughout their whole spectrum of the work they do in their business. And I think Apo has got it, uh, got it nailed right now. Very, very much appreciate him being on. So, with all that being said, I want to thank, uh, of course, my special co-host, uh, Tony Kay, and our technical director, uh, Rick Shear, for making us look good. 
and all the folks that uh, are always with us and supporting us. As we close, I'll see you uh, actually on the next episode of the Swarm Unplugged. And always remember to listen, learn, and give. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Swarm Unplugged podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button and leave us a glowing comment. Gravitate yourself to be on the podcast so you are the next one to introduce themselves to the B-Social community. See you on the next episode.